Hello and welcome to the new Revival Now podcast. I'm your host, David Copeland, and welcome to episode number one. And we're so glad you're taking the time to join us today. And on the podcast today, we're going to start out talking about hope from Job chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. I was recently out praying, preparing for a Sunday morning service And I haven't even read this passage in my devotion yet this year, but out of nowhere, this scripture just exploded in my spirit. And I pray that it will be a blessing for you as you you hear it. Job chapter 14, verse 7, Job is speaking here and he says, For there is hope for a tree, if it's cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. <laughs> wow, what a, what a word, what a word. As, as we look around in the natural, it's, it's, it looks like that there's not too much hope left that's left in the world. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, uh, man, the whole world is teetering and tottering on, on, on war. It's almost like, it's almost like the whole world wants to go to war again. And sadly, this hopelessness has even infected many in the church. But when Job said here, he said, there is hope for a tree. There is hope for a tree. This word hope, as it's used here in in the book of Job chapter 14, literally means a cord. It is a cord that attaches two things together, or maybe even more things together. I'm reminded in the New Testament, the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible tells us that New Testament hope is a confident expectation that's based on solid certainty. A confident expectation that's based on solid certainty. So hope to us is the cord that connects us to something that God wants to do in our life. Most of the time when people talk about hope, it's a, a wringing of the hands and there, it's, it's, it's a hope that is filled with unbelief that says, oh my God, I hope he comes through. I hope I get a check in the mail or I hope I get a good report from the doctor or I hope my kids will straighten out or I hope something good is going to happen to me in my life. That's not hope, friends. That's unbelief. And that will drive you into a nervous breakdown. It will drive you into a stomach full of ulcers and it will open the door for all kinds of cancer and sickness and disease to attack attack your body. Job was right in the middle of the worst day that any human being has ever had in the history of humanity. He's lost his sheep, he's lost his goats, he's lost his cows, his camels, he's lost his kids, he's lost everything. And we know that this was before the day of text messaging and email or telephones, and so there was nobody to call Job up, but there were runners who had information and news that they would run to different people and share reports and news. And so here come a runner and said, Oh, Job, your cows are gone. Here come another runner and said, Oh, no, Job, your your camels are gone. 
another runner came and said, Oh, Job, your kids have been killed. There was a tornado that came through the wilderness and it smashed the house where they were, where they were having a party. So in the matter of just a very few minutes, Job has lost everything in his life except his wife. And then his wife has the audacity to look at him and say, Job, man, why don't you just commit suicide, dude? Why are you retaining your integrity? Just curse God and die. In fact, when Job finishes saying this, this passage that we have read in verse 10, he says, but man dies and is laid away. Indeed, his breath, he breathes his last. And where is he? And so Job has almost lost hope. In fact, he did lose hope. And he lost hope because his thinking was all wrong because he was right in the middle of this situation and he, he could not see the circumstances he, that he was in from God's perspective. That's where we find ourselves a lot of times when things are going on in the earth like there's going on right now. It's very easy to lose perspective and get your thinking all wrong. In fact, I made the mistake today Pam and I went out for a burger and we were sitting and thank God the volume wasn't even on on the TV in this particular restaurant. But it had one of the cable news uh, networks on and I was reading the ticker and reading lips and and in a matter of 30 minutes, not, not 30 minutes, but in a matter of 30 seconds, I came down with the worst headache that I've had in quite some time because the hopelessness, I didn't even have to hear the volume. I saw it in the faces of the reporters and the ticker on the bottom of the screen that says, there's no hope, there's no hope. And if you're not careful, your thinking can get all messed up. While this virus that and this pandemic that we've gone through has, has confirmed at least for the United States Church. And I realize that this, this ministry, this broadcast goes out further than just the United States. But for us here in the United States, this pandemic has reminded many of us in Christian leadership that the U.S. Church is a mile wide, but we're less than a quarter inch deep. We have not had, we don't, we did not, and we still, I'm afraid, don't have the maturity to navigate through this pandemic without people losing hope in God, losing hope in Jesus, losing hope in their pastor, losing hope in their church. But what it has done for me, what it's done for me is it has reminded me that the answer for this pandemic, the answer for your difficulties is not going to be uh, solved by a political party. It's not going to be solved by voting another pre different president in. It's not even going to be solved by voting this president back in. It's not going to be solved when the CDC remedies uh, us of COVID-19. It's not going to be solved if AstraZeneca or uh, UAB in Birmingham designs a vaccine and a remedy for this. It's all going to be remedied when God's people which are called by his name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven. I still believe, call me narrow-minded man, but I'm telling you, I tried the politics, it didn't work. I tried hoping in the, in the government, it didn't work. I tried hoping in medicine, 
And I love doctors. I, I love nurses. My, my, my own son-in-law, one of my sons-in-law is, is in the medical field. I honor them uh, and being our first responders and being on the front lines. But honestly and truly, they're still practicing medicine. But I have hope today. I have hope that if the church will get back on her face and begin to cry out to God, I'm absolutely convinced that God himself will blow on the earth and blow this virus completely off the face of this earth. That's kind of that's kind of narrow-minded, son. What, what, what's wrong with you? It's because I have hope. I don't have hope in all of these entities that I've described, but I have hope in the one true God that He is not finished with us yet. He's not finished with the earth yet. And when God is finished with the earth, He will pour out His wrath and judgment on the earth. And, and I don't think that this is, the, this is not the judgment of God right now. There is an element of judgment that is working, but this ain't the judgment that God pours out because when God pours out judgment and wrath, no human being will be able to escape that wrath and that judgment that He pours out unless you've been covered by the supernatural blood of Jesus Christ. But, but if hope, let me get to my point here real quickly. If hope is a cord, then what does that mean for us? Hope is literally a cord that connects two things together. Number one, I realized in a quick search of Scripture that hope is a cord that connects faith and love. Hope is a cord that will connect faith and love together. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Paul said this, And now abides these three, faith, hope, and love. You can say you have all the faith in the world, but if that, if that faith is not connected to love with hope, then it's really not going to do you any good. You can say, oh, all we need, all the world needs is love, 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 you know, like that old song says. But really, you can have all the love in the world, but yet if it's not connected to faith, it's really not going to be the agape love, the God kind of love, that is able to cause you to love no matter the political persuasion of another person, regardless of the denominational persuasion of another, regardless of the skin color of another. If you don't have hope connecting to faith and, and, and love connecting to hope to faith, then, then all you have is an individual attribute that really will not manifest in the fullness. But, but hope is the cord that connects faith and love together. Second thing that I notice about this is hope is not shameful. Man, oh man, that blesses me so much. Hope does not produce shame. If I was live preaching, I would ask you to repeat that with me. I want you to repeat it again with me. Hope does not produce shame. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Paul said to, to, to the Roman church, he said, Tribulation works patience. I really don't like that part. I don't like it at all. But the fact of the matter is, tribulation and this tribulation that we go, we've been going through, even though it's not the great tribulation, it has worked a patience in our life that we've sorely needed. 
Patience works experience, Paul said. And experience produces hope. And hope does not make us ashamed because the love, the love of God, there it is again, hope is connected to love and it connects us to, to, to allow this love to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost and by the Spirit of the living God. So, so hope is not something to be ashamed of. I'm not ashamed that I have biblical hope. I don't, I don't have hope in humanity. I, I, don't, I have very little hope in humanity because I am a human. And I know my potential to blow it at any moment. But, 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 but I am connected to God with the cord of hope. And I know that if I'll just stay out of the way, then God will do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that I can ask and everything that I can think according to the power that works in me. And I believe part of that power is the power of hope. So hope is a cord that connects faith and love. Hope is not shameful. It does not produce shame. And hope is the cord that keeps us connected to our promise. Hope is a cord that keeps us connected to our promise. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 uh, Solomon said, hope deferred or hope delayed makes the heart sick. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Man, when you're hoping for an answer to something, when you're hoping for a deliverance, when you're hoping for a healing, for a miracle, for your loved ones to be saved, when you're hoping for things to get better and it's delayed, it makes your heart sick, man. It makes a sadness come into your life. But watch what Solomon goes on to say. He said, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope that is deferred or delayed may make your heart sick, but when that desire comes, suddenly you forget how long you've waited for this answer to come. Paul uses the illustration of a woman giving childbirth and uh, while, she is, while she's carrying that child, and this is my translation of this, she's weary, she gets weary, she gets discouraged because, because it seems like it's delayed or delayed or it's taking forever for this baby to finally uh, mature to the place to where it could come and live outside the womb. But when, and then, and then there's the birthing process that produces so much pain. And yes, I know, I've, I, I don't know. Pam reminds me all the time that I don't know what it's like to give birth to a baby. And I say, thank you very much. And I'm glad of that too. But when that baby comes, suddenly the pain that, that, that Pam went through to birth Megan and Missy, it wasn't so bad after all. Why? Because she saw the life that was, that was placed right in front of her very eyes. That's, what, that's the way it is with us in our walk with the Lord. When hope is delayed, it will make your heart sick. But when the, when the answer comes, when the desire comes, it, it, it is a tree of life. But verse 13 is also connected to this hope. And we could say, well, what? keeps us connected to our promise. Hope does. And he goes on to say, whoso despises the word 
shall be destroyed. But he that fears or has hope in the commandment shall be rewarded. I, I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that God has given the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy to humanity. I believe that there are still prophets on the earth, even though I'm, I'm greatly um, discouraged. I hate to say it that on I'm, I'm on this hope-filled broadcast, but I'm, 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 I'm disturbed that nobody in the prophetic movement got this. That everybody that said that this thing was going to be over by Passover, it's way past Passover, and this thing is still raging in most parts of the world. But I still have hope. My hope is not connected to the CDC or a pharmaceutical company. My hope is not connected to a political party uh, calming down the racial difficulties. My hope is in the living God. I am connected to a promise that God loves all humanity regardless of their skin color and regardless of their denominational standing. And there will be a day I am not going to despise the word that has come, the prophetic word that has come over and over that God is going to release a unity to the body of Christ that we have never experienced before. And, and when that word comes, we're going to receive a reward and a blessing for holding on and allowing that hope to hold us and to keep us connected to what we know in our hearts, in our spirit, that God has said He was going to do. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18, Paul said, and this is in the New Living Translation. Listen to what he says. He said, even when there was no reason for hope, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Even when there was no reason for hope, that speaks to this hour, man. If there was ever a word for this hour, man, because there's so many people wanting us to give up hope. There's, there's so many people wanting us to give up hope for the United States or hope that the body of Christ will finally grow up and mature and to be the living testimony of the living God. There's so many people that want to give up hope that life will be any different than what it is. Abraham faced that one day. And even when there was no reason for Abraham to continue to hope, he kept on hoping. He stayed connected to the promise that God gave to him, believing that he would become the father of many nations. What are you saying, David? I'm saying if there is hope for a tree, then there is hope for me. If there is hope for a tree, there is still hope for you and me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this ministry time tonight. I pray, God, that you would touch people. So many people have lost hope. They've lost hope in their marriage. They've lost hope that their, their, their finances will ever be any different. They've lost hope, God, that they could ever be free 
from the addiction that has bound them and controlled them. They, they, they've, they've lost hope, God, that, that you would ever hear or answer their prayer. God, I'm asking you to cause hope to arise. Cause that cord that attaches us to, to, uh, to our promise, that attaches us to the provision of God, that attaches us to that blessed hope that one day soon we're going to see Jesus completely establish His kingdom rule on this earth. In Jesus' name we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. For a copy of the podcast notes, visit our website, revivalnow.org. Or send an email requesting the notes to podcast episode number one to david at revivalnow.org. Be sure and check out our website for all of our monthly newsletter. Be sure and access all of the free audio and video content that we have there. It's absolutely free of charge. There's also a complete schedule listing you can view, sharing all of our upcoming dates here in the U.S. and around the world. And you can also give a special offering at RevivalNow.org for the continuation of the outreaches of Revival Now. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or another platform, you can click the link that says Sponsorship or Support and give any amount in support of the podcast as God leads you to give. And of course, all gifts to Revival Now are tax deductible. I'm David Copeland, and join us next time for another Revival Now podcast, an outreach of Revival Now International in Lynette, Alabama.